0: Welcome to the Nijia Chuan Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, Qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week we continue our discussion uh, from Titi Liang's book on the second and third generations of the Yang family. Then we continue our look at the eight energies of Tai Chi Chuan uh, from Bruce Francis's. Book The Power of Internal Martial Arts. Uh, we look at the last four energies of Tai Chi Chuan. And in this week's uh, Patreon episode, we continue our look at the Ludong Being 100 character tablet with first 10 from Baiwa's book. Um, also, just a reminder to check out the Patreon. Uh, if you join up, you can get bonus episodes as well as extended episodes, which run somewhere between 10 and 30 minutes longer than the public episodes so uh check that out we also have interviews with uh friends and people that we've uh trained with and stuff so give that a listen uh thanks again for all your support take care of yourselves and enjoy the episode
1: In today's episode, we're going to return to Tai Chi Chuan for Health and Self-Defense, Philosophy and Practice by Master T.T. Leong. Uh, publication date, 1974. Year old it's almost born. Yeah, as year you're Yeah, that was your year born, huh? Yep. So he's not going into Master T.T. Leong much. We're going to take a look at some of the last of the stories he has in here, because I feel like some of his stories are, are some of the best. So we start off with Yang-style Tai Chi master Yang Banho, the son of Old Master Yang. Old Master Yang Luchan's eldest son, Yang Banho, was born in 1837. When he was young, he began to learn Tai Chi from his father. Each day he practiced unceasingly, diligently, and painstakingly. His father would not allow him to rest, even for a short time. And in addition, he endured the intolerable pain of being flogged with a whip by his father until he was on the point of running away from home he was literally whipping him with a whip um Ugh. his temper was irritable and violent he was very profi- you know uh, yeah no wonder you're being <laughs> Go figure,
0: whipped, Go figure. Uh,
1: harder um he was very proficient in freehand techniques which i think is the term sancho freehand yeah and he enjoyed knocking down his opponents As soon as he would stretch out his hand, blood would immediately appear from their bodies, and some of them would be thrown more than thirty feet away. When Bonho was in the prime of young manhood, he once engaged in a match against a famous Shaolin teacher who was very daring and had considerable power. He grasped Bonho's wrist and would not let it loose. Bonho, using a sudden sharp burst of energy, applied it to the body of the Shaolin teacher. The latter could not stand it and was pushed over. Bonho, elated, returned home to give a detailed account to his father. While Yang Luchan was, heard the story, he laughed and said, you're happy because you won, but alas, your sleeve has been torn.
0: No, there's Can a... this be
1: called the use of intrinsic energy in Taiji Chen?
0: Right. So that, that's the second time we heard that story. Right, so right. Must, this one, must, there must yeah, made a big impression. That one. Yeah.
1: Right. Bonho looked down at his sleeve and saw that it had indeed been torn. He became downcast and withdrew.
0: oh. Uh... So, So, yeah, his father's a total dick to him, basically. Got depressed after his dad shit on him. Right?
1: And the poor guy's training his ass off. So, yeah. So, he's always known as sort of the mean one who used the harsh techniques. And that sounds like Yang Luchun, his father, had a harsh side to him. Even though, in last episode, we heard how he did save his opponents from death repeatedly and and didn't hurt him much. Uh, It sounds like he treated his son really bad.
0: Well, I think there was that, uh, you know, pressure to... Mm make your son as good as you were to keep up the legacy right and right sounds like he pushed them for a little too hard maybe right and and then with the second son didn't push quite so hard you know
1: so what technique did he use he the the shallon teacher grabbed his wrist and then bono used a sudden sharp burst of energy to the body who knows I mean, that sounds not- like
0: G sounds like g to me to the but... body
1: right the guy grabbed him he blocked the side and boom yeah and sent him flying back of course
0: well and That's and bonho the is the you know he's the small frame right so yeah, he's, he's g, just close just, in short kind of you know burst power so i think maybe that it's, it's, it's some reference indicative that.
1: of his close range power yeah and so the guy held on and ripped the ripped that had the strength to hold on to his sleeve as he went tumbling back. Mm. And again, the uh Shaolin versus Tai Chi that keeps coming up. No, yeah, the beef. All right, so the next story is uh Yang Ban Ho then began to practice Tai Chi more diligently than ever before, and his techniques gradually reached a very high level. It is a pity that he did not wish to transmit his art to many disciples. He was like a singer with a very high vocal range who could find few to sing in tune with him. Hmm. So eventually his art became extinct. He died in 1892. So that's eight years before the Boxer Rebellion. The second son has already passed away. That's reminding me that Tai Chi is a little older than Bagua, quite mm-hmm. a bit older. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bagua is more like the newest martial art. But yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, so, you know, like Baiwa lists. Bonho as one of wu jen chuan's teachers mm. and and i the wu I'm, style
1: tai chi does carry on some of uh well
0: and and Bonho. there's a if you go to Brandon translation there's a thing in there that he did which is a comparison of Bonho's handwritten or his manual with that gold book wu style thing and they're by Wu by Wu Jianchuan, and it's, they're basically identical. And it says in the beginning that that um it was that Bon Ho gave Wu chuan this manual at some point, or maybe one of his, uh, his other students did. But you know, that he got this that and it's so you know, i I'm pretty sure that the small frame that became the Wu style is the yang that came from Bon Ho. Because he was known for that, right? So yeah, right. that would make sense. The, the shape. And there was match, also, uh, you know, this is that idea that you know, while Wu did learn from his father most right. of the time, you don't learn from mm, your parents, right? Because you, you know, it's just not the most. Uh,
1: bon uh Ho would be like his cousin, so the uh, elder cousin, kind of exactly, older, bigger, tougher yeah. cousin, who's a you know badass yeah, fighter. Yeah. You want to roll with him? That's the guy you're gonna
0: mm-hmm. get
1: beat up by and just hang out with. Yeah,
0: that yeah. makes sense.
1: But uh yeah, so he says it became extinct here. But and that recalls to me one of the guys from my book, Gabriel Chin, he made a point of it when I was talking to he just dismissively said, and We're not from that Yang Cheng Fu side, our side is from Yang Bonho, not like all these other guys who say they are, but
0: we really right.
1: are. So well, I was like, there I'm, is in the Tai Chi community a little bit of like young is the badass, you know. I want to come I mean,
0: Yeah, I've said this before that you know, it, it, that's how you um whether it's true or not, if you say mm-hmm. you're a Bonho you know, school that that's implying that you're more on the martial side of right.
1: I'm Um, willing to fight or at least um, push (laughs) hands.
0: Yeah. And I I think that, you know, um a lot of that is kind of bullshit anyway, because who knows? But you know, it it, that the um really it's getting to frames, you know, small frame, large frame, medium frame. And and that I think that, you know, what generally got popularized were the medium and large frame tai chi and the small frame was all has always been sort of right the, the rarest because what really what was the small frame is now the woos pretty much now the woo style so in a sense he's right when he says you know ho's yang style is not a thing anymore because it's not called the yang style anymore it's hmm. the Wu style right that, that yeah you know, i mean so it's, it's kind of Yeah,
1: interesting. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah, there's trends there involved. So now uh, T.T. Liang talks about old Master Yang Luchan's second son, Jin Ho. He's known as more of the friendlier one of the two. Right, this is Yang Ching Fu's father. Right. Like his brother, he began learning Tai Chi from his father at an early age. His father supervised his training with such severity that he was compelled to practice for an entire day without being allowed to rest even a little while. He became so utterly wearied in body and mind that he could hardly stand several times he attempted to hang himself but each time he was discovered and rescued we can see that it was his spirit of enduring hardship at that time that enabled him to make a famous name for himself later on his disposition was much milder than that of his elder brother bonho so he had many students in all he taught three different types of postures higher middle and lower his soft and hard energies in perfect coordination he achieved the great consummation, and his art reached a very high level. When he engaged in combat with experts from other schools who were proficient in using knife or sword, he used only a wooden feather duster to defeat them. As soon as he raised his hand, the opponent's hand would invariably be held fast, so that it was put into a disadvantageous position, unable to approach. He could also make good use of the spear shaft. He could issue any kind of energy from the tip of the staff's shaft so that whenever it was touched by the staff of another person, the other staff had it and its wielder would be thrown far back. He could knock a person out with any part of his body and could release all his energy into the moment of a laugh or shout. <laughs> so uh he could knock a person out with any part of his body. That sounds pretty good. That's that Tai Chi use of you know all four directions. You use your shoulder, elbow, head, fist, kick, you know, everything.
0: Yeah, and I, I find the interesting thing in that to me is that you know he taught three different frames right Hmm. so you do hear people say oh we do the medium frame Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. do the large frame all coming from him same yeah right so that you know
1: he's not known for
0: that lower uh the smaller frame but i
1: I imagine it's in his family so he must have had it
0: yeah yeah right i mean he's he's you know he's generally sort of credited for the medium quote-unquote right. frame right hmm. and um that you know it's it's not the super low, low giant one and it's not the upright little one it's somewhere in the middle and that you know that's more or less what yang cheng fu popularized is that sort of medium frame you know um so a little bit more about
1: him he uh he was an expert at shooting uh, spherical iron pellets, and he, by hand he could fling them and kill birds with every throw. Mm. Even more mysterious was his ability to hold a sparrow in his palm without letting it fly away. And you've heard this story many a time.
0: Right, the A bird goes. about
1: to take off must first press downward with its claws and find a firm foothold on which to exert energy and raise its body aloft. But Jan-Ho could interpret the sinking energy of the bird's two claws. As the bird pushed downward, he would relax and neutralize, so the sparrow unable to avail itself of a foothold, could not fly away. From this, we can see that his clever, subtle, and ingenious use of interpreting and neutralizing energy was such that no one else could even approach his level. When he was advanced in years, he often practiced to develop his intrinsic energy, lying in bed, fully clothed. His servants often heard a strange shaking sound at night emanating from his room where he was sleeping. Hmm. And it said... uh... Okay, so that's that story. So that's the the bird story is young Jinho, ho Right. Uh, yeah, his, that's his, his interpreting and neutralizing was so good, whereas ban was known for his more violent attacking yeah. energies. Crush the bird. <laughs> he could crush the bird with one grip. He died a peaceful death without sickness or calamity. A few hours before he died, he received a premonition of his impending death in a dream. He summoned all of his family members and disciples to assemble before him and gave his final instructions to them one by one. After bathing and changing his clothing, he died with a smiling face. Um, so he had some sons. Nice. He had a son, Yang Xiao Ho. His second son died young, and his third son was Yang Cheng Fu. So again, this third generation of the Yang family, there's kind of a yin and a yang. There's Yang Xiao Ho who's known for being the tougher fighter like his uncle. Right. And there's Yang Cheng Fu who's known for being more mellow like his dad. Mir-
0: right sort of mirrors the previous generation right?
1: right yeah it's like there's a yin and yang in each generation so young shallow is interesting the the picture of him there is an old you know uh, what would you say uh, the portrait picture of him where he looks in his elder years and he's still got a little wild-eyed sort of look to him mm-hmm. um he was born mm-hmm. in uh, 1862 he studied Taiji Chuan from the age of seven. His disposition was stubborn and unyielding. He enjoyed knocking down his opponents and made good use of freehand techniques, very much like his uncle, whose characteristics he inherited. His postures were low and brisk, his movements swift and powerful. In every move, he sought compactness. So that's interesting. He sought compactness. Like that's that sort of small frame idea that I think we're mm-hmm. seeing from Young Japano. Right. Not like extension, but compactness. That's what I think they're talking about there, I'd say. So, when he taught others, he adopted the same style. As soon as he stretched out his hand, he would attack. The students, for the most part, could not stand it, so few remained to learn from him. He had profound skill in borrowing energy, sudden energy, intercepting energy, and hurling aloft energy it is to be regretted that he did not wish to transmit his art to many students so those who know it are now very scarce he died in 1930 so yeah that's interesting i like that as soon as he stretched out his hand he would attack so he didn't wait for someone to come in and use tai chi defensively because a lot of times you use pong or something to like absorb an attack before you go on the offensive but uh like his uncle he's the minute he reached out he's just pounding you like him.
0: i mean this i think this is one of the single biggest misconceptions about tai chi is that you don't strike first right, mm. right? if you just keep backing up backing up backing up you you don't want to fight right at some point you you want to attack and you know the the um yeah, I don't I, I think that's a, just a, just something that ha, cause people got in their head because of push hands or something. But yeah, I mean when you're really using I mean tights, it's nice
1: when you can borrow somebody's attack and shove it back in their face. Sure, or that makes sure. sense. But
0: I mean, but but if you're thinking I mean that's more again, this is the idea of like, you know, self defense, right? I mean, most people who do martial arts in the last oh, 120 years or so have been doing it for the idea of self-defense that you're, you know, your primary attack thing isn't, you know, you're going to attack another nation. You're right. not going to use martial arts. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, so like um, the notion of waiting for the other guy to strike first is kind of a civility thing. Right. Um, Cause you don't just go around attacking people. But when you're, but once you've, you know, like made that decision to do it, you don't, I mean, if you have an opening, you do it, you don't wait, right? If you don't have an opening, then you have to do the thing of letting the other guy strike first. But, but if the, you know, if the hole is there, the mosquito's going to go through it, right? Makes sense. So I just think this is one of those things that Tai Chi can be just as aggressive, you know, as any other martial art in, in terms of when you strike, it doesn't have to wait for the So, I mean, people. when
1: I think of using to strike, I would, like, use a drilling fist and, or palm and just, like, shoot a stab towards their face, sort of a fake, uh, a provoking attack. What do you do in Tai Chi?
0: I mean, first time I met Bob Tangore, he did, a like, a G, but he made a fist and punched me right in the chin. I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh. what? I was like, this is Tai Chi? What, <laughs> what the hell? That's like, that. <laughs> you know, like, um yeah i mean you meet know, bob <laughs> yeah it's like Wah. oh okay you know but uh bob
1: did not mind hurting you a little bit. no
0: i mean he's he's where i really i i think you know got over that idea that you have to wait you know it was like because mm. because he was you know he had that i mean it was it was more push hands but you know mm-hmm, totally that the second you touch the guy you know he was on you know he had you and, and bruce is the same way it's yeah. not He's not waiting for you to push him all the way back and, you know, all, no, it's like the minute you got any sort of contact, his, at least his mind is in your center Mm. and and you're stuck because it's like, ah, this guy's already in my juju, you know, Mm. and at least in the martial art world, what you would consider fame, Mm -hmm. you're not going to do it by hurting every person that comes across. You know, you got to. You got to grow your business, your brand, and you got to have right. people, you know, learn from you for a right. long time. and want. Ideally, you're
1: nice to your students and mean to your enemies. I mean, finally, Yang Zhenho's third son, after the middle son died young, was Yang Chengfu, the famous perpetrator of Tai Chi that we know nowadays. Um, he was born in 1883. His disposition was mild. As a child, he showed no great inclination to study Tai Chi, but at the age of 20, he began studying with his father. During his father's lifetime, he did not pursue his studies with diligence, and his comprehension of the principles remained incomplete and imperfect. After his father's death, he suddenly awakened to his responsibility and began to practice assiduously, night and day. Eventually, he gained a far-reaching reputation. He acquired all of the arts of Tai Chi, mostly from study on his own. Indeed, he was a marvelously gifted genius. Had he been able to apply his entire mind to study while his father was alive, his achievement would not have fallen short of his grandfather's. His body was stalwart and his stature gigantic. He often appeared as soft as cotton externally, but internally he was strong as iron. His withdraw attack energy and receiving energy were both superb. In contrast to his elder brother he taught most of his students the higher postures so that their movements would be wide open and stretched because of his mild disposition many students came to him to learn his reputation spread north and south throughout the country he died in
0: 1936 Right well there's the whole thing about the larger frame right and the more open postures and all that Right
1: All right, moving on. We're going to look at the eight energies of Tai Chi as described here in The Power of Internal Martial Arts and Chi by B.K. Francis. And uh, so we looked at the first four energies. So now we're in the energy number five, pull down, known as Tsai. So uh, here's how he describes it. This movement simultaneously combines the two primary yin energies of roll back and push downward in an obvious, hidden, and embedded ways to many postures. Pull down, for example, fuses these energies together, moving in the same direction. You simultaneously yield to or absorb an attacking man's force while moving him downward gradually or suddenly. The sudden variety is sometimes used to cause an attacker to fall to the ground, suffer whiplash, or dislocate a joint. This movement is most obviously seen in the posture as pull down between play the lute and shoulder stroke just before a white crane spreads its wings and in needle to the bottom of the sea. So, yeah, interesting. So, like, when you complete the first four energies of Tai Chi, now there's the second group, this, the second four energies, energies five through eight. And they're more like on a diagonal or a combinations rather than those first four primary energies. Then these ones become more, uh, they're, they're blendings kind of. And they're taught in the set Da Lu, where you pull each
0: other right. back and forth with these. I mean, when I think of um, pull down, I think of the... <clears throat> it was one of the first times I met you was at the fighting applications workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce, you know, pulled down on your arm and snapped your neck (laughs) back. And I was just like, Ooh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was rolling with it. That was sweet. I mean, mean, that's that, that's the classic sort of, you know, you know, that is one of those things where you, so you're, you're pulling one hand down as you punch them in the face kind of thing. That snaps their neck and, you know, so he's yeah. got
1: roll down and push down at the same time, roll back and push downward combined is how he describes it. So it's a downward motion and a right. pulling.
0: So, so it's well, usually the way it is is that the, the, um, uh, so one hand is coming in and one is going down, right? So the one mm-hmm. that's going like if you, if, if you're doing the needle at sea bottom, right? The the one on top is the, uh, Rollback, and the one on that's stabbing down is the on, right? Mm. So, so sometimes we call it plucking. Sorry, plucking. Or yeah, I actually, out. I actually like plucking better because mm. to me, it's it's, it's that th- yanking effect, kind yeah. of. Well, I think I think of it as just like you're you're, you're you see a I don't know why this is the thing that pops into my head, but a beat growing out of the ground, right? And <clears> rather than like just trying to like pull on it you you, you kind of you pluck it. You, 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 it you give it a little you know you, you push down on the ground with the other hand and you snap it back up right you kind of like mm. a, you have a, a push and a pull or a, you know at the same time yeah and you I can think...
1: pluck an orange out of a tree that you got to like push against the tree and kind of mm-hmm. pop, pop it yeah. off
0: i think that's kind of how i think this you know that it's it's got two directions not just one i mean that's really what it is right the, the first four are single directions and now you're getting into combining directions right so you're combining the two yin ones here and the two yang ones and the next one
1: well speaking of split why don't we move on to Lié split or no always known as rending split is the opposite of pull down psi it combines the two primary yang energies of ward off and press forward in this move, which requires turning the waist, the two Yang energies do not join together, but rather form a common point of origin and move apart in opposite directions. This creates a tremendous release of energy, just like a bomb exploding. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. That's a rather than pulling in and down. This one's. Yeah. So the first one combines two energies. This one,
0: this, this, this one combines two energies. Right. But these are the Yang ones. So instead mm. of going in and down, it's going up and out. Right. Right. So
1: split can be and and they're in two things, they're going apart from the same common point of order. Like, yeah, like j comes together, uh, G, I'm sorry. G comes together from two points like that, like that Star Wars analogy. This one, there are two parts going apart like a bomb exploding. So he says, split can be done two ways. Your hands and arms could be moving in opposite directions, or one hand can remain fixed in space while the other pulls in the opposite direction. Split can be performed either forwards, backwards, sidewards, or up and down. You can be combining two ward-offs, two press-forwards, or a combination of one press-forward and one ward-off. This method can be seen externally in the separating hands of the moves. White crane spreads its wings, fan through the back, and single whip. And I'd also say a diagonal flying,
0: right? Like, that seems mm-hmm. to be even more so. Petron is also a, I mean, it's, what, it's called split, right?
1: Mm, splitting. Another word for it is rending that we've seen before. Sounds like tearing something
0: in half, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like ripping a sheet of paper, basically. Ripping, rending. Grasp,
1: you're sort of grasping it and tearing it with rending.
0: That's well, so, so I mean, if you think about tearing a sheet of paper, right, you can pull both hands apart. That's the one, hmm. one method. Or you can uh. hold with one hand and pull with the other.
1: Right, right, right. So
0: fan through the back is holding with one. Uh, true, huh? And then the you pull other one. So is single whip, right? Where mm.
1: uh, and, and white crane too, in Wu style. You press one hand down, then the other one rises up. Yeah. So I mean, that's a favorite, like fan, like diagonal flying. Basically, you it's a classic type of throw in a lot of martial arts where you capture their arm and then you sweep over the top and send, you know, do a hip throw, like you topple
0: them over your leg, kind of. It's uh. Shingy snake, mm. chicken has that same motion splitting. Yeah, yeah. and Aikido, well, they call well, it hip snake. Throw, snake can... is the one because it has both. It has the the pull down and the split. Right. Hmm. So, it's, yeah, you pull down, then you split. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's so why I said are... most of the yeah. most of the time I think of them as a, as something that you do one and the other. Coincidentally, that's just what we were saying about the first four, where they all
1: just flow into each other. Similarly here, pull down and split, flow into each other. That's why they're always paired together for sure. Um, Now let's look at the final two energies of uh, Tai Chi here. Uh, Joe, elbow stroke, and cow, shoulder stroke. Both elbow stroke and shoulder stroke are directly related to and commingled within the methodology of the snake and the crane in Tai Chi.
0: Um, so he talks about the legend of the snake and the crane fighting. The first six are hand methods, things you do with your arms. The last two are things you do with your body. Hmm, that right? makes sense. So that's so, that snake so effect. Shoulder is referring to that sort of rolling, undulating thing you're talking about. And elbow is referring to the ability to fold your limbs, fold mm, your joints. Folding. So you know, your your body can't fold, right? But it can roll,
1: mm-hmm. it can squish.
0: Your, your bones in your arm can't squish, but your joints can roll, uh, can f- make circles and can fold, right? So he, uh,
1: just to finish the thing about
0: folding, he says, so... Now on an on a
1: offensive way, a shoulder technique completing becomes an elbow technique, which becomes a forearm blow, which becomes an open or closed wrist and or hand strike, which finally becomes a finger thrust that finishes the opponent. Yeah. If one technique is insufficient, you switch to the next. All right. Talk All to right, you soon.
0: Man. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey folks. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Just a reminder, uh, check out our Instagram for images to go along with the episodes. And check out the Patreon for the extended episodes and bonus content. Okay, thanks for listening and take care of yourselves and be well.